Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Roar! And today we're joined by our friend, Steph. Hi! Today we're talking about The Lion King, 2019, and live-action remakes of animated films. So, spoiler alert for The Lion King, 2019. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, Steph, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Wahoo! We uh, apologize for uh, being almost dependent on you during a time of crisis. <laughs> it turns out in the summer, people like to go on vacation and stuff. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Steph hates vacation. It's the worst. So instead of going on vacation stuff, what are some things you've been doing? For almost a whole month, I've been dog-sitting, which sounds nice in theory. That's what I thought. Um, No, it is really nice. I like to be able to work on my own things while I also make a little money watching the doggos. However, watching doggos can be very tiring because you got to pick up a lot of poop. You got to deal with a lot of hair, but uh, and you got to deal with a lot of doggy breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of doggy breath. Um, what's what's the most dogs you've sat at once? Funny you should ask, Joe. Just last week, I finished dog sitting for um, my good friend's family, and they have five dogs. Oof! And so I was doggy sitting five dogs um, who are very much barkers. It was a loud week. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I I imagine one, maybe even two dogs wouldn't be, like, terrible, but five, that's, like, yeah, a, a big a big deal. <laughs> it's a whole pack. Yeah. It's like a wolf clan. The one I'm dog-sitting this week, though, is a little tiny Yorkie dog who's very, very old, and so she is really just sleeps a lot, a lot of the time, and she's really sweet. The biggest obstacle is she walks... Um, a lot of times a day, and she's very slow. So she, like, mm. hobbles along, and I just follow behind. <laughs> she's cute, though. Speaking of four-legged animals, <laughs> nailed it. Um, Steph, do you think you could give us a quick synopsis of The Lion King? 2019? I think I could, Joe. The Lion King is a quote-unquote live-action remake of The Lion King animated movie in 1994, where Simba, a young lion cub ready to inherit his father's kingdom, is forced into isolation and has to run away because his evil Uncle Scar convinces him he killed his father. Meanwhile, Scar had a plan the whole time to take over the kingdom. (sighs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So I want to address the quote live action that you mentioned. I should have looked this up before we recorded, but I'm wondering if Disney referred to this as a live action remake or if the internet at large started calling it that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because quickly after... A bunch of very intelligent people on the internet were like, well, actually, you know, it's all cartoons, so it's not really even live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are parts of of maybe one scene or certain scenes that are um, recorded, like live action. Um, like but they I, filmed, like, the scenery and then put the 
Yeah. Like animals in? Maybe. Okay. I, you're right. We should have conducted this research. <laughs> um, when I went into the movie theater, I specifically avoided rewatching the 1994 Lion King because I didn't want to keep comparing it back and forth, back and forth. Because based on the trend, I just knew I would be let down. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I was still let down. As a fan, I would go as far as to rate this movie two stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the biggest reason being that any time the movie strayed from the original, it made it worse. Every time <laughs> it stuck to the original, they just made it a little bit more boring. Yeah. I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would also give it a two um, for similar reasons. I felt that this movie was very unnecessary. The only reason I'm giving it more than one star is because uh, Seth Rogen actually delighted me as Pumbaa. I I had a very good time whenever he was on screen. I would say um, I'm torn between two and two and a half. But nice. we'll... there's, there's no such thing as two and a half. <laughs> okay, just because of that, we'll go with two and a half because yes. The Lion King is a good movie originally. Um, I like the story and the characters, um, but it's true. Everything about the live action just took it stripped all the charm away from the original animated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did try. To when I was watching it, to put it again in context of me being a child. And even in that context, I felt like the superior jokes in this live action version was comedians riffing off each other, referencing the old Lion King. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like homework was required and you needed an adult sense of humor to get the the tidbits of added humor that aren't in the original. And as a child, I don't expect a lot of them would get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, from the child's perspective, I also tried to watch it from a critical perspective. And I'm certain in some context, if I knew more about it, the cinematography was beautiful. So I'm going to guess that I'm going to give it three stars just because there are things that I don't know about filmmaking that went into this movie that probably was very impressive. I also love Donald Glover's voice, and I think it should get at least one more star for having a more diverse cast. The 1994 version was criticized heavily for being a mostly white voice acting cast when it was um, a story uh, based in Africa. Um, I would also bump it up to three stars. Um, Like you said, Alex, the cinematography is impressive. I thought, although they weren't as charming or as able to emote as the original cartoon was, the animals looked great. And there were scenes where uh, it just looked like a nature documentary. Like it, It looked like they were filming real live animals because they made them look so good. And then, similarly, I think the casting director for this did a great job. And that's part of the reason why I even bothered to see this one. This is the first remake I've seen in the theaters, and it was just because I was excited about the cast. 
Um, critically, I bumped mine down to a two. Um, the only reason I give it a two instead of a one is the diverse cast. Good for them. Yeehaw. This movie <laughs> was so critically depressing. It lacked any sort of original. Like, <laughs> I can't go on. But <laughs> um, oh, you're going to have to go on. This is what the whole <laughs> podcast is about. <laughs> um, it was just a follow-up, like this is what they're doing now. They're doing remakes. The only reason they're doing remakes is because it it makes a buck. And nothing about this movie was inspired or original. They, they try... Like you were saying, the parts where they followed the original were the decent parts, and where they strayed, it just got worse. Um, there was no reason for this movie, um, aside from maybe diversifying... Um, but really they could have done another movie and diversified that one. Yeah, I would say that when I try to describe this to people and I try to, uh, I guess, analyze it, I always try to start with some positives. And as I was making my list, it was a pretty short list. Um, I mentioned Donald Glover's voice. I love it. I could hear it in any context, so it didn't have to be in this movie. Um, I already mentioned the funny riffs that I did enjoy. There were, in the movie theater, I was enjoying myself. But it was mostly due to the people that I was with. A lot of the funny moments were making making fun of the movie. A lot of the other funny moments were, again, the like comedians that were cast riffing with each other. Like Timon and Pumbaa were Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was like the only actual voice actor. Everyone else just mm-hmm. spoke into the mic. <laughs> um, which I guess is fine if they're not planning on like trying to diversify their voices for other things and they're just going to be themselves. Um, but Seth Rogen really like saved the day. And then there was also two of the hyenas were Keegan Key and Eric Andre, and they had good riffs as well. Unfortunately, that took away from the hyena, Ed. I think he was replaced with uh, Eric Andre's hyena, Azizi, because Ed never spoke. He just had this goofy facial expression and would always do the wrong thing, and it was great, and they had to replace it, and I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say hyena's edge, because I liked that they kind of expanded a little bit on the hyena versus lions and it wasn't just the three hyenas it was like the whole pack and the scene in the graveyard where the hyenas attack Simba and Nala and their cubs was actually like very intense and so like throughout the movie they're kind of setting up the hyenas as these bad guys but then they're immediately undercut by Keegan-Michael Key and Eric Andre just like being idiots with each other not that it wasn't funny and it wasn't enjoyable, but, like, it was this really weird juxtaposition of, like... Because the, uh, the head hyena is Lupita Nyong'o, so she's, like... Intense. Intense. <laughs> and then Keegan-Michael Key is like, hey, but, like, how about... <laughs> Zabadaboo? I don't know. Yeah, if those hyenas could finger gun, yeah. uh, Keegan, <laughs> Keegan Key would be the finger gunner. My positive thing to say about it was that... It is quite a feat of animation to make something look so realistic. 
um, an animation style that I find completely useless, but um, <laughs> but it did, does take a lot of work. Steph, tell us what you really think. <laughs> um, it's useless to make an entire movie so realistically live action and completely animated because at that point just animate it make it animated (laughs) if you can't do any of the movie in live action that's where animation comes in that's why we make animated movies oh my god i can't (laughs) um joe mentioned the word charm and i think steph what you're I think I mentioned the word charm. I referenced Steph referencing the word charm. (laughs) I only missed it to male voices. Yeah, because Steph's a woman. I reference charm. (laughs) Um, And Steph, good job uh, bouncing off of Joe's point about charm. (laughs) Wow. The, The realism of this animation lost so much emotion and action because they kept trying to keep the animals as close to realistic as possible, and it looked like a bunch of people with fresh Botox that just (laughs) couldn't express themselves. You could kind of hear it in their voices, although the voice acting was also pretty iffy, Mm -hmm. Um, but you couldn't see it in their face. And the biggest struggle I had with accepting this movie was the final fight scene with Simba and Scar because there are these scenes that I reenacted so often as a child of Scar jumping onto Simba and Simba like just pushing him behind him off into a cliff of some sort and they couldn't do that with quote unquote real animals because real animals don't do that. Rafiki had awesome kung fu skills Um, in the animated 1994 version, and in this version, he acted like a baboon with a stick, because that's what's more realistic. And I just, it lost all of the charm that Joe was referencing. For me, I really checked out of this movie when I saw I Just Can't Wait to Be King, because Mm -hmm. that song in the animated version is so lively and colorful, and the whole... um, I mean, there are color changes, and it's um, an amazing animated sequence. And when I saw that they didn't, there was no nothing spectacular about that song in this movie because they tried to keep it realistic. And it's hard because you don't want to say that, you know, oh, nature and birds and water and all these beautiful things aren't spectacular, but... Com- comparatively, it lost so much, as we were saying, charm and punch. As um, Joe was saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and I checked out. I was like, this is boring. <laughs> um, yeah, like... That when, was early in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at a mountain or the ocean, it's beautiful, but, like, if you were to overlay a musical number... Over, like, a gif of the ocean. Like, you'd be like, I feel like something's missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even as soon as you look at a picture of the ocean, it already loses a lot of the beauty. Um, So I do think that experiencing nature can be more beautiful than looking at nature through a film. And I think that's another thing to consider. 
but I just can't wait to be king. Definitely very strong in my mind with like all of the animals circle up, the feathers come out, the the elephant horn uh, trunks like mm-hmm. rain down a little bit. And then Zazu gets sat on. Yeah. And obviously in animation, we don't think, oh, Zazu's dead. <laughs> if, the, if Zazu got sat on in this 2019 version, we'd be like, Zazu! <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Zazu, I don't know how they did it in the cartoon i guess maybe they gave him like those like beak lips you know like where the beak doesn't open like a real beak in this one like zazu's beak would open and john oliver would say like six (laughs) words and then it would close and then he'd open it again and it'd be like the rest of the sentence it was really weird yeah (laughs) yeah i see there there are a lot of obstacles here (sighs) because The live-action version was about a half an hour longer than the animated version. And it was purely to pan across the beautiful nature more. And the transitions were not as tight, and the dialogue seemed almost shorter. Like, I don't know where the extra half hour came from, but it made the movie longer, slower, and more boring. Yeah, I want to uh, ask this question of you guys. Let's say it's it's 1994, you're a child again. The animated Lion King that we know as the original doesn't exist, and this movie comes out. I don't think I would have liked it. Mm, I yeah. don't think so. But if something like that had came out in 1994, we would have been like, that the been, animation! Like, yeah. <laughs> How did they do it? <laughs> Yeah. They are our gods now. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I, whenever I watch movies, despite how incredible it is or how bad it is, I do try to think in the context of how would I make it better? Not that I'm an expert in any way, but it helps me sort of figure out what I didn't like about it, if I can figure out what I would make better about it. And every time I asked myself this question, the only answer I could come up with was don't remake it. Mm-hmm. do not make this movie. That's how I would have made it better. And that's not a good sign. So at the end of the day, my recommendation is skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whenever people asked me how it was after I told them I saw it, I was like, just watch the cartoon. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's really not worth it. And the cartoon is worth a rewatch if you haven't oh, seen yeah. it in a while. <laughs> Uh, also, Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. P- Lion Still King 1 and good. a half? You got, Still fabulous? You got three better movies <laughs> than this one, in my opinion. Well, guys, I could complain about this movie for hours, but I think we should take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the idea of live-action remakes of animated movies as a whole. Yes. We're building a website, right? We are. Now, we want people to find our website because we're not popular. Exactly. So what's the solution for someone whose website is too popular? Oh, too popular? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, I'm thinking what you're thinking. Try Circle Void. It's this revolutionary new website builder, CircleVoid. It's easy as can be, format your domain so that it redirects users to completely different and incorrect websites. 
it has award-winning customer service for how bad it is. People will call. They will not be able to find your website. You can't call to help people navigate to the site. They will make sure that no one ever finds your website. And you know what they always say? It's cooler if fewer people know about it. So use Circle Void today. Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. So this is the third live action remake in Disney's like latest slate of we're going to take all the classics and remake them. Um, they announced a whole bunch of others. Um, I think Mulan already has a trailer out for the live action version. I um, think it's the fourth one, isn't it? Um, let's check real quick. Uh, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King? Fourth? Oh, I forgot about Cinderella? Aladdin. And I didn't even know about Cinderella. Cinderella they did first. They did? Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, ago. Disney. Cinderella <laughs> came out in, like, maybe 2013 or something. So is that oh. included in this, like, latest slate? Because there's also the Jungle Book, Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland, Dumbo. Oh, you're right. I forgot about all those. Mm-hmm. I forgot about Dumbo too. Okay, okay I'm gonna so... de- I'm gonna definitely count from the Jungle Book. So Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Dumbo, Aladdin, Lion King. So this is the fifth in what I would consider. I I put Cinderella in that one. I'll for, I'll for... put Cinderella in there. I legitimately didn't know that movie existed. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Cinderella. Um... That I guess was a newer one, and I didn't really think of it as part of the trend. I think it's what started the trend. I felt like it was Cinder- it started this whole wave. Oh, Cinderella, and then came Jungle Book and all the other ones. See, I think what started this trend was the success of the live-action superhero movies. Even though they weren't necessarily remakes, they started as comic books, was mostly animation... And then when we did the live-action superheroes with Marvel and with uh, successful Batmans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cinderella came after all of that, so it very well could have been that, and they started with Cinderella. Well, I'd love to get into all of that. What were you saying, Joe? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, just to go off of your point of the superhero movies, I think it should be said that, you know, the these Disney properties are based on public domain stories. So they're not necessarily the first to make a live-action version of it. Right. Um, Like, there was, like, a live-action Beauty and the Beast TV series starring Ron Perlman. But um, that's an interesting idea about Disney seeing superhero adaptations do well and then deciding... I'm wondering if that had anything to do with it. I'm a little hesitant to jump on board, but... I see your point. Well, uh, since we're already talking about it, I'm willing to pitch it a little harder. For some reason, in our culture, animation is not cool. Animation is for kids. There's two types of animations. Kids' animations, lately they've been trying to have the kids' animations with adult humor because they're stuck bringing their kids to it type of thing. And then there's the... Adult animation, super raunchy, like super stuff. raunchy, and like the whole gimmick is that look, these are cartoons that are raunchy, like things like an Adult Swim, but also like Sausage Party. Like there's no in between. Mm-hmm. So when a lot of people ask, like, 
what do people see in anime, like Japanese animation, it's the fact that it targets a teenage demographic. The stories and the plots that are provided there are for teenagers and they're animated. Not only that, but I mean, anime, like it's in Japanese culture, it's for everyone. They have an anime for every age range, for every genre, for every demographic. It's completely ubiquitous. And it's just a, for some reason, and we're tr- I, maybe we're trying to get rid of it, maybe not, there's a huge gap with animation. And so with the success of things that were originally animated getting turned into live action, people started to take action. Where I believe that success started was in the superhero genre. I definitely agree with the idea that, like, in America, we don't have, you know, animations basically considered for kids. I recently had two separate conversations with two different people that said that they didn't see Spider-Verse in the theaters because it was a cartoon, and so they assumed it was, like, for kids. And yeah. it makes it makes my blood boil, yeah. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, but I'm in. I mean, Disney has all the money in the world, and so they're like, "Well, we could print money. Why won't we?" But I think they're the only ones who can definitively say everyone likes our movies, mm. adults, kids, teens. So it's interesting that again, not I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong, but it's interesting that they said, you know what would make people appreciate our stories more? If they weren't animated. But who knows? Maybe they were... Uh, Steph, you mentioned earlier they just make a buck. You know, I'm assuming there's not a lot of rewriting going into these, so they're like, let's just dust off an old script mm. and figure out how to... And people will pay to see it. Yeah, yep. I, I think before we get into all of the live remakes... From the classic Disney stories, I just want to finish up with the superhero stuff. Personally, I watched animated superheroes on TV up until 13, Mm -hmm. maybe. And I felt like, oh, I probably shouldn't be watching this anymore. Um, And even the plots themselves were kind of like childlike. And I didn't get back into superheroes until Batman, um, specifically the Christian Bale version, and then Iron Man came out, um, and then all of these sequences of movies came out that were impressive and quote-unquote cool. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is cool, and he makes a cool Iron Man. But the animated and the comic book Iron Man is also cool. He is an alcoholic. That wasn't added by mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. He is a narcissist. In the like, he had the same flaws in the animated series, but they couldn't maybe monopolize on it because they knew that mostly kids were watching it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the comic books were read by a greater range of people, in the animated you couldn't. So, this huge gap of live action superheroes came along, and then Into the Spider Verse came out, and there was one scene in particular that shook me to my core where I realized all of our wasted potential in live actions. And it was when Miles Morales is dragging Peter B. Parker (laughs) across town on the train and Peter B. Parker is getting clobbered by things (laughs) and just 
slightly waking up and then getting hit unconscious again. And it was the most amusing physical humor that could never be accomplished in the live action that just told me, oh, I'm like, wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Animation is for everyone. Yeah. So this is something I have felt so strongly about for so long. Um, I am a huge animation fan. It is my favorite genre. I know there are many genres within animation, but in general, if it's animated, I like it. Now, for me, a big problem, and this is going back to superheroes, Superheroes that originated in comic books, when those comic books got turned into cartoons, which is an, I would say, um, natural step because they're very close in nature. There are sequences of drawn images. They have the same aesthetic. I find it more forgivable, a more natural transition to turn comic books into live action because it's such a shift um, and it brings something else to the story. With The Lion King, that was originally an animated feature, it's the same medium. Mm -hmm. To turn a cartoon into a live-action remake, to me, is so insulting because they're the same genre. People just have this idea that if a, an, an animated movie is good enough, it gets to be a live-action remake. Like, oh, more people will want to see this, so we should turn it into live action for the rest of, you know, the population. And it goes back to what you were saying, Joe, where people don't see animated movies, and it's disgusting, because it's such an art form in itself. It's so different than live action. The parameters of live action are out the window, um, and it's just so sad to me that people have no appreciation for it. Yeah, and again, I want to get into the, the the most recent live-action adaptations, but I'm thinking of so many cartoons that can be for everyone. Um, Gravity Falls. So good. Um, Steven Universe. So good. Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Adventure Time. Like, so many... I, I think a lot Gumball of Gumball is like breaking walls. Amazing over here. world of Gumball <laughs> freaks me out. I'm sure Flapjack and Chowder might be like on the cusp of just weird for the sake of being weird. They were or adult. they were ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. They were just a little too weird for their time, but then Adventure Time came and like changed the game and really uh, opened people's eyes to that kind of style. I think. Yeah, if Chowder came out like. Three years later, I think it would still be on TV. Yeah. Um, Steph, uh, what you said just made me think, and this might be like stepping back a little bit, um, but it made me think of how the Oscars added a category of best animated picture, almost as if to say, "Hey guys, like we're we're not gonna nominate these movies." Unless they have their own category. Right? Like, because an animated movie can't be the best picture? Spider-Verse was the best picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only... I think the only animated movies to be nominated for best picture were the original Beauty and the Beast and Up. Mm. Um, and I think especially with um, the category of best animated picture, the Academy feels that they don't have to... Um, you know, consider a, a movie like Spider-Verse, which I think 
could have and should have been in the best picture category, but they felt we have this animation category, so we'll just put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's this sense of best motion picture has to do with how good the acting is, mm. um, which one is insulting to voice actors, uh, but two is avoiding the big conversation of plot and character arc. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of the live-action adaptations. Um, I also didn't necessarily grow up with a lot of the original animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Jungle Book, and I thought it was fine. I watched Alice in Wonderland, and I thought it was fine. I watched Beauty and the Beast... I thought it was fine. Do you guys see a trend here? Yeah. I watched Aladdin. I thought it was fine. None of them were better than the animation, but they weren't bad until I saw The Lion King. <laughs> yeah. I I think that each of those movies at least had something. They tried something. They changed something up. In The Jungle Book, I liked that they made that scary Christopher Walken um, orangutan like this huge monstrosity that like chased him it added grandeur it added something Um, and you know like Aladdin I think they changed a lot of they added this kind of girl power kind of subplot which I liked and you know they all had a little something that they tried to bring to the table The Lion King just didn't Right. Mm -hmm. And even um, upcoming with Mulan, they're trying to retell that story closer to the original source material. Mm -hmm. So they did take take away some of the maybe charm of the animation, like the like. Thank you for looking at me when you said charm. (laughs) (laughs) What's the dragon's name? Mushu. Mushu. (laughs) They they are gonna take away Mushu, and they're gonna take away the the lucky bug. Cricket. Yeah. Lucky Cricket. Okay. Now add a cricket just for luck, so even you can't blow it. <laughs> Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's going to lose, I guess, that charm, but it's going to be a little bit more respectful, maybe is the mm-hmm. word. Uh, but I don't know if that's the word, because I know they're just doing it for money. So yeah. I think I feel like the new Mulan will be like a war movie. Like mm-hmm. it will be intense and it will be dark, kind of. That's the vibe I get. Yeah, Mulan is kind of the first one where my immediate thought was someone at Disney is legitimately, let's tell this new story. Whereas everything else, I just, it seems so disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, when I was a child, one of the first live actions I saw was 101 Dalmatians. Which I loved. Mm, yeah. Did the adults going into that movie love it? Or did they think, like, wow, this is just a cheap reboot of the original? Um, I do have to say, even as a child, I was like, this is supposed to be a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I felt like this my whole life. Oh. <laughs> you're, d- you're deep in this. I, I am. <laughs> Um, I'm, yeah, I'm sure the fact that... Did the dogs talk in 101 Dalmatians? Yes, I believe they did. Yeah. And I did think... I wasn't necessarily this should be a cartoon, but I remember watching the live-action version, and I was like, the dogs aren't talking. They're just kind of <laughs> being dogs. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a movie about Cruella, mm-hmm. which 
I think they're also gonna remake, right? Isn't isn't Emma Stone playing Cruella in the movie Cruella? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was the best live action remake of all time? Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston <laughs> and like Whoopi Goldberg. Huh. I th- I think that's why I didn't clock the you said like 2013 Cinderella mm-hmm. because I was like Cinderella is just a movie that they make like every couple of years. <laughs> That's true. It is oh. Cinderella story. Yeah. There's a movie called Another Cinderella Story. <laughs> but that's the sequel to the Cinderella story. No, it's a different movie. It's what? <laughs> With different actors and a different storyline. They're two separate well, things. Are they a different storyline? <laughs> it's still okay, a listen. Cinderella, Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> But they are coming out with a lot. Like, there's a whole list, like Mulan, Cruella, Lady and the Tramp, Pinocchio, Hunchback, Little Mermaid, Snow White. All of those things are coming out. I will be so angry at Snow White. Listen, Snow White was the first (laughs) full-length animated feature, and it was... Uh, groundbreaking. If you've seen the documentary on this movie, it is amazing. And, like, stop. Don't do it. Well, Steph, have you seen Mirror Mirror or Snow White and the Huntsman? Um, I have seen Snow White and the Huntsman, <laughs> and I watched it because um, the Huntsman was uh, Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. and um, he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're watching it. He's like, he's doing four. <laughs> uh, when you mention like they make Cinderella over and over again, they also make Robin Hood over and over again. Mm-hmm. And guess which one the best Robin Hood was? The Robin where- Hood Fox, baby. Robin Hood Fox was the oh, best yeah. Robin Hood. Where the lion uh, gets like his paws get kissed and he just slurps up all of the jewelry. <laughs> you can't do that in a live action. <laughs> Foxes don't have lips. <laughs> You're gonna do that in live action. Although Robin Hood Men in Tights, also a yeah. good remake. Yes. <laughs> um, Steph. Yes. Uh, your passion for this has got me thinking. And you said something earlier of how, like, how if a animated movie is considered good enough it gets to be turned into a live action mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot but do you have a live action movie that you think mm-hmm. should be remade so many. as animation um, I would love to see Hamilton the Musical Ooh. as an animation. Mm. There are so many like online animatics that are mm-hmm. so gorgeous and fun. That would be really cool. I think the the personification of all those characters really exaggerated in animation form would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think of the webcomic of Hamilton like breaking down the door, screaming, Look at my son! And then throwing <laughs> his baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love that. Um, very frequently, actually, I will walk out of a movie theater and be like, that would have been a great animated movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know off the top of my head, though. I think I need a second. Okay. <laughs> While you're thinking, um, I'm sure there's a better choice for this, but I th- and maybe I'm just not into animation enough, but I feel that Horror is a neglected genre in animation, Mm. and animation could really lend itself to horror. So I would want to see um, Alien and Aliens Mm -hmm. as a cartoon. Yeah. I think horror 
is getting a revolution right now. They had like an uncomfortable phase of like slasher films Mm -hmm. and then torture porn. And now they're sort of coming back to let's mix horror with comedy. Let's mix horror with action and let's have actual plot. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe I just started watching them. I don't know. (laughs) Well, even... um uh, going back to the superheroes a little bit, the next Doctor Strange movie is reportedly going to be a horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it'll be this idea of, like, you know, superhero movie and horror movie mixing together. Yeah, I think there's room in there for some animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph, are you still thinking? Because I can speak more. Um, yeah, speak more. I It's so hard for me to think um, <laughs> while you're, we're... <laughs> you're just, like, all of them? No, basically all of them. I think... Everything could benefit creatively from being animated. I think there it, it opens doors um, and stuff. Yeah, I'd be into a James Bond series that's animated. Mm. Like the type of tech that he could use could be very specific to the physics of an animated world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think comedy is the easiest um, to take advantage of animation but i want to see other genres of Mm -hmm. animation yeah action mystery horror i'm just talking (laughs) (laughs) and this might be uh going back way to the beginning in like the first half uh before that stellar commercial we had (laughs) um but you guys were talking about anime um, again, I think you're a little bit more well-versed in anime than I am, but I think anime has all those. Like, there's a horror anime, there's a spy anime, uh, just one of each, of yeah. course. <laughs> um, and so I hope America, at some point, kind of, uh, you know, adopts the same philosophy. Because I'm not going to watch it with subtitles. <laughs> um, they are going to have to start respecting animators more if mm-hmm. they're going to want to have more animated films. Um, another thing that, this might be way off topic, but this is just another thing that I'm passionate about, but another thing that America has totally abandoned, save for maybe a couple of TV shows, is 2D animation. A lot of mm-hmm. 2D animated shows um, are still around, but they're all animated overseas. No one wants to 2D animate. And every single big movie that comes out is 3D animation, computer uh, you know, generated animation, and that to me is also kind of a loss of charm. It has its own aesthetic and its own charm, but I want to see more 2D animated movies come back. But like you were saying, that has a lot to do with um, people wanting to animate and being able to make a living off animation. I would be more excited for Disney to return to form with a 2D animated movie than I would be to see a live-action remake of an animated movie. So true. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about every brilliant thing and mental health. If you liked us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men. And we're also on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time. <laughs>